This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Previously on Homestale Radio. No, I mean, obviously everyone has their own opinions. And well, they're not allowed it. <laughs> Sorry, forgot you've been drinking gin. Don't, don't argue with Albert. Yeah, you're completely correct. Um, <clears throat> gin Mare, Barcelona's finest gin. And there you go. That's what we're sponsored by this week. I'm definitely so, sponsored by it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to detect it. In I'm sponsored point. off my face. Uh, oh god! I mean, this is the point of the question. It's meant to be hard. Yes, that is it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Delaney, <gasps> just because I like him more. <laughs> Just because he's a more handsome fit, you're going to go for Delaney. Does, does it change if I was to tell you that Brader Hankins a very nice chap? Dining room table's got the speed of King Pete. But yeah. I'm not going to start him. But don't do a pulis on us and leave us two days full of season. Take your agent with you and do it. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening and welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and tonight I am your host once again. Finally, the wait is over and the football is back. And what a return it was this weekend for Palace, a controversy-filled victory that promoted Norwich City. It was a stern test for the Eagles and we'll be reviewing it in full in just a moment. It's also our ultimate 25-man squad feature too as we look at defensive-minded central midfielders. Joining me tonight to chew over all the action, we have Jell Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Albert Curley. Yo. Alex White. Bonsoir. Bonsoir indeed. And Nicholas Gillard. Hello. Hello, Nicholas. Uh, they will all get their say on all the key moments. To have your say too, head to holradio.net forward slash contact to see all the ways you can get in touch, including the infamous chat room at holradio.net forward slash chat. We begin with news in brief. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Palace signed two, and then it's an opening day win for the Eagles. 
Crystal Palace have signed Mali international attacker Bakari Sacco on a free transfer. The former Wolves man has penned a three-year deal at Sellers Park, having left the Molyneux side in the summer following the expiration of his contract. He scored 36 goals in 118 appearances in the Midlands. Connor Wickham also joined shortly after our previous show. Congratulations to Mark Crouch, who currently sits atop of our Fantasy Football League after Saturday's games with his team, Alice in Hangerland. It's very good, Mark. Mark also wins the prize of having one of the best team's names. The lowest-ranked team of the presenters is currently... Oh. <laughs> me? Who wrote that? It's you. It's actually me on 14 points. Palace got the new season off to a perfect start as goals from Wilfred Zaha, Damien Delaney and Johan Kabaye saw the Eagles beat the Canaries at Carrow Road. The winger fin- finished off the superb team goal on 39 minutes before Delaney netted his first goal in 15 months to hand Palace a decent advantage, which was quickly reduced by Nathan Redmond. After ex-Eagle Cameron Jerome saw a goal ruled out, the Eagles wrapped up the win with the club record signing slotting past John Ruddy in injury time to seal the victory. We'll discuss the match in full shortly. The RSPCA have been called in to investigate after it was found that several members of Brighton football team were found playing football with a hedgehog in the street. The hedgehog won 4-0. Yeah, cut that out, Micah, yeah. <laughs> 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 after a little more than seven months in charge of Sellers Park, Alan Pardew is now just one win away from becoming the, wor- the most... Ah! the most successful Premier League manager in Crystal Palace's history. Having taken charge of just 19 hello, league hello. games, Eagle are brilliant. Well done, Albert. Pardew has now won 11. During that time, he has amassed a win ratio of 59% in all competitions, giving the best win percentage of any Palace manager to take charge of 20 or more games in the club's entire 110-year history. And don't forget you can keep up with all the latest news that Gel doesn't edit while you're trying to speak during this week of the week. Visit hltco.org. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Uh, welcome back. I'm very glad that Mikey edited around the worst of that news in brief because it was a real stinker. Uh, that was just about passable. And uh, you even got to hear Nick's joke in there. That he, he promised so much and delivered so little. Oh, I'll tell Ronnie Corbett that. He wrote it. <laughs> Great stuff. Ronnie, wait. No, anyway. Um, so yeah, we're here to obviously first of all talk about um, the Norwich game. Uh, I went went up to Carrow Road myself, as did uh, a few of the lads. Actually, it was uh, it was a great away day out. I have to say, it was really nice to see lots of old faces and new faces as well. Um, so so many people who listened to the show sort of came and said hi. So thanks for doing that, and really appreciate it. And um, 
yeah, I hope you enjoy what we've got on offer today. Um, Kiss ass. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. Brilliant. Um, I think it's probably best to start again. I mean, I don't like to repeatedly start with a lineup, but obviously a key thing that, that happened was that Alex McCarthy started the game. And he seems to have dominated discussions in the, um, on the message boards and things like that. And, I, I, you know, first of all, what, what do we think? I'm, I'm personally, I, I mean, I don't want to sort of um, do Wayne Hennessy a disservice, but I think it, it looks to me like he might well be on the way out. So it makes sense to, to give Alex McCarthy his chance, I think. Um, got a lot of criticism after the game for distribution. Um, and obviously some people think Villa was at fault for the goal, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but he also made a, an absolutely terrific save in there. Um, so early impressions, gents. Bear in mind it is his first competitive game for us. If I uh, begin with yourself, Alex. Um, I, I was happy because he started actually. I know Joe's going to come and, and come and argue this case, but if if it's the reality that, that Alex McCarthy is is our long term choice as our next goalkeeper, what's the point playing Hennessy? Who's you know if he doesn't go now, we'll probably go in January or the, or the end of the season. I just don't get that. So that's I think that's why he went with McCarthy. I got that, and it's it's just such a hard position, especially coming in trying to take over somebody like Speroni. It's just about confidence, and at times you can tell he hasn't played games for, for probably a couple of years now since he was at Reading, um, and you could just tell he was a bit shaky. He pulled off some great saves, but his distribution wasn't quite there at times. Uh, probably could have done better for the goal. Yeah, funnily enough, it was really it was the goal that really sort of sent him into a little bit of um, to, to you know you called, you called him shaky. The shakiness didn't really show itself until after that moment. It seemed to rock his confidence a little bit. But did you notice? Maybe, did you notice, Chris, as soon as the, the goal had gone in, Palace made sure that he got the ball back quickly just to bring yeah. him back into the game, which yeah. I thought was, was quite a clever thing to do, was, rather um, than leaving standing there, not yeah, doing but, anything and just thinking about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, again, I, I'm going to give him a bit more credit than, than most people for the goal, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. But, Joel, you did, uh, did want to start with an opinion on this? Oh, um, yeah, firstly, I, um, it was a surprise to see him in goal, and, and Hennessy not. But like I said, if you know we're at the point now, or I'm at the point now where the manager obviously knows best. So I back what the manager says, even if I don't agree with it. I mean, I didn't think NSC did anything wrong. Um, and then Alex, what Alex said about uh, about McCarthy, the last time McCarthy played in a Premier uh, in a Premier League game, um, he picked the ball out of his net five times when they got swing QPR, got smashed five, whatever it five one five nil by Leicester. But that's by the by. Um, you know, he, like you say, his distribution wasn't fantastic. He looked very nervous. Um, but when it comes to the goal, having looked at it, I thought the shot was it fantastically well, as almost as far in the corner as it could have been. I don't mm. think, had, you know, his standing starting position was good. It just completely took everybody by, you know, by surprise. So yes. I don't blame him for the goal. And then when you see it in slow-mo, the ball had actually gone past before he dived. The geezer hit it really well. You've got to give him some sort of... You know, some sort of kudos for the goal anyway. Um, but having said that, I thought his distribution, his kicking was, you know, five out of six kicks straight out of play. He needs to improve on that, obviously. We're used to that um, with Jules, though, aren't we? Well, he, let's be again, fair. It's, I wouldn't say... Well, we got rid of him, though, don't we? <laughs> we haven't got rid of Jules. I saw him before the game, funny enough, and there was a couple of shouts. That, after the, all the shouts of, we love you, Jules, there was a couple that said, how's the injury? And he said, it's, it's coming along fine, not to worry, back soon kind of thing. So... Um, Nick, you did want to speak in there, but I'll yeah, I've got a couple of things. Just personally, my own opinion on the goal is I think Redmond should have been closed down a bit. That was criminal that he wasn't. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But just got some stuff from the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. 
Um, Brinsko Eagle since it's too early to tell how good he will be, but that's no reason to drop him. Uh, Robert CPFC, apart from the kicking, I thought he had a good game. Uh, Lions 550 alluded to the uh, the double save, and it's a confidence thing with keepers. Um, Duckman Duck, on first viewing, I thought the goal was his fault, but looking at it again, I think it was being a bit harsh. He's kicking, on the other hand. Yeah. So that's the chat room. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of tweets in on it. Rich Smith's got in touch and said that it reminded him of early Jules. A couple of great saves, a couple of dodgy moments. and um, But then, of course, George is bringing up the double save, kept us in it with a double save, which is very good. But I feel like he can do more. And I think that's fair. You know, of course he can do more. But it's very, very early days, you know, first game for him. Uh, going back to the, the long-range strike, um, it's very important for me to notice that I mean, at the game, you could see just how far out Redmond was. And when he struck it, I didn't th honestly think that it was going to go in. But what you can see from the replays is that it goes past, well, one Palace player, one Norwich player. And McCarthy, quite rightly, cannot make a decision about which way he's going to go until the ball's got past them. Whether it took a deflection or not, I'm not sure. I don't think it did. But he had to stay feet planted until that ball went past them. So that's why his reaction looks, looks slow. And I think, I think you've got to give him... You know the benefit of the doubt on that one. That had had it been a clean clean shot and he saw it the whole way, he definitely would have got there. Um, Albert. Yeah, I think we um, the the thing for the goal with me. Yeah, you can throw a bit of criticism at him, but the sh the the shot bounced probably what eight yards out, and um, that sort of did enough just to take over his hand. Really, I think if it, if it had been a, a shot along the on the floor, he probably would have got it. But I think once he's committed to the dive and he's sort of down there, once the ball's bounced, it, could, it just sort of skipped over him a bit. So. I don't know, it's, like you say, it's the sort of goal that we have seen Jules concede a few times, so it's not like, it's not and, a great and shot. And the double save was fantastic. It really was. It looked, it, it looked even better at the game. I'm, well, you, you were there, Albert. I'm sure you, you saw the same view I did, um, side on. The, 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 the head on the replays, weirdly, the, the sort of header in for the second save looks a lot softer than it looked at the game. Um, he got up really quickly and got across very, very well to tip it away. It was, um, it was an excellent double save, and it shows he's is similar to Jules in the sense that he's all about reactions. Um, but he's got to work on the other areas of his game, and that's why that's why Andy Woodman's coming. Who we, obviously, Andy, we spoke to last week. If you missed it, do download the podcast. Um, well worth a listen. But, yeah, he, he's there to improve, and I'm sure Jules will remain number one for the time being. But I think McCarthy's, McCarthy's going to push him all the way this season. But, um, when, do, yeah. when do they have to announce the squad numbers? Is it the day that the transfer window slams shut? <laughs> it's a sash window. <laughs> Good use of slam shot. Well done. Um, yes, but I think it is. Maybe I don't know. I don't know for sure. If anyone could tell us and tweet in and let us know. Or Alex, do you know? You know things. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, the registration has to be announced on the deadline. Yeah, that's in the confirmation of the twenty-five man squad, though. Yeah. Why do you okay. want to go out and buy another keeper, Nick? No, no. I'm just adding to the show. Questionable. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll be the judges <laughs> of that, I think, and so will the listeners. But no, interesting point, but totally irrelevant. Um, <laughs> the back four that was selected was uh, Ward, Dan, Delaney, and Soiree. A lot of debate last week on the show about whether or not it'd be Delaney or Hangeland. Um, Who said Delaney? I don't, don't remember. Nor do I. <laughs> I don't. Not surprised you don't after the gin incident, but um, the gin yeah, incident. I, Gincident. Oh, why did I miss that? I'm getting really angry with myself. <sighs> no, um, I, well, I, I, I said Hangland and I stand correct because I thought Delaney was excellent. Um, and it was interesting reading. No, it wasn't. Shh. 
we'll come back to that. Uh, it was interesting reading Alan Pardew's words after the game where he talked about the partnership between Delaney and Dan and how important it was to have a left-footed central defender next to Dan and the fact that there was, you know, this ingrained experience partnership there. And he also talked about having the likes of uh, Mariepa was mentioned and Hangland as well as his reserve centre-backs and that he didn't feel it was that important a position for him to uh, to work on this summer. Whereas, obviously, you go to the message boards and you listen to things that, that we've been saying as well. We all felt a new centre-back was a priority, but, you know, Pardew's still got faith in, in those who are there playing it now. Nick, you didn't think he had a good game? Well, he scored, which was great, and I was really, really pleased for the bloke. However, diagonal balls, too many of them again, and they weren't that productive, I thought. Um, I do, I, I do prefer Hangerland playing the ball out to Delaney, but he scored, and you know, you you can say Pardew's selection was right because he got on the score sheet in a well, win. Listen, so I feel, I feel this long diagonal ball thing has has sort of grown legs on him. Really, it's um. It's something that people will now look for. You know, it's a fairly common out ball for a central defender, um, and it just so happens Delaney plays it more often than than anyone else in our team. I don't, and I don't think he, he played that many yesterday. No. He, he played a played a, a few, but you know, a lot of the time we were under the under the cosh, and he's trying to clear his lines and and but play a bit on the diagonal instead of just just belting it one. The fact but, is, though, that if he's on the left hand side of that central pairing because he's left footed, he had Suarez. And he had Wilf and Soiree and Wilf work well together. They're good for running with the ball. Why isn't the out ball to Soiree or Wilf from Delaney? Well, well, it was a lot of the time, I think, Nick. And, and more importantly, it's, it's worth noting that that was a change that happened during the game. Wilf certainly didn't start out there with Soiree. Punchin did. And, That's um, right. That you didn't yeah. get a lot of cover from Punchin. Punchin had a quality game on the ball yesterday and was much better defensively on the right hand side. But on the left, he really left Soiree exposed. Exposed. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Joe. Exposed. <laughs> uh, well, but because that 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 was that was the main thing that we kept turning around and saying is all the attacks throughout the whole game came from their right hand side down the left, and Suarez did he didn't look like he wanted to get touched tight to anybody. Yeah. So he, he was he, very he, he was very high at times. He, he consistently he consistently let their let their right side cross the ball. That's, yeah. you know, was, uh, I felt he was trying to mark two players, Joe. I don't know how you feel about that. But well, then, so it's punch, tweet, wasn't it? because punching wasn't coming back. It was only Suarez only got joy and was and got forward down down his side when Wilf came over, because well, Wilf works with him, but Punchin yeah. wasn't. He was he was leaving him exposed, and that was great to see from Wilf, wasn't it? That's the thing. That, you think well, it you're was about Wilf Zaha now being a, a, a solid defensive winger as well as a brilliant attacking winger. He just adds to his game, doesn't he? When he gets someone that knows what they're talking about, and 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 with Pardew saying you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and move to the next level, he's got someone that, that believes he can move to the next level, and I think he believes a little bit in himself after that debacle about Man United. But anyway, thanks for the extra well, meal they gave us back. Yeah, exactly. We'll come back to both those players, both for Suarez and 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 Zaha a bit later, as well as talking about the role punching had on the wing. Um, going back to, to who started, obviously MacArthur played in, in central midfield, which is no surprise. Excellent player for us last season, deserved to start. Goodbye, no surprise to see him playing, although playing a little bit deeper than maybe some would have imagined. Um, and it was uh, much playing in front of them. And I don't know what you guys think. I think much was selected off the back of having such a good pre-season. Pardew's trying to show a reward to someone who's put the work in and you know made the improvements that he's had. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think it was a justified decision. Um, based on pre-season, he's probably stood out more than, than most other players. Uh, 
I don't think we can really make an opinion based on Jordan match from last year. I think it'd be harsh because obviously he came with a, a shot confidence, which Harry Redknapp does to to most players that aren't earning a hundred grand a week and look like Crouch or Crankyow. Um And yeah, and he just got played out wide, but he deserves his opportunity. And I actually thought he had a really good game. Um, I don't necessarily think long term he kind of fits what we want to do and how we want to do it. But I thought he was good. Should have scored. Do you think? Oh yeah, Paul Ruddy, great save, first half. Yeah, Ruddy, yeah, Ruddy, great save. I don't think you should have scored. It's a though. Ruddy, great save. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm not having a go at him saying, oh, we should have scored. I'm saying, you know, he, you know, was it not for a great save? He'd have been on the score sheet. He's um, he's an, he's a very interesting player. I think if you look across the, the message boards and, and Twitter, there's a lot of people who have made a judgment on him last season and are sort of trying to stick to it. But he's a very, very different player, I think, now, um, than, than the one that joined. Um, I don't know. I mean, he he sort of became a little ineffective as the game wore on, as, as it changed and Norwich made their attacking substitutions um, and, and put us under a bit of pressure. And he, he didn't. He definitely didn't seem to be the sort of the man to play that role at that point. But starting up pretty much just in behind the, the, the striker, I thought he had a pretty good game um, in the first half. But... Uh, moving on, obviously Punchin started wide and, and Zaha started wide as well. Uh, and up front was Glenn Murray. Um, mm. uh, let's let's have a little chat about how Glenn Murray got on. Um, I mean, Alex, it's obvious to come to you, but um, but I'm going to give I'm going to give Nick a chance to comment on Murray first of all. I was very 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 impressed with his work, right? Yeah. Uh, the the initial challenge he made, could he have gone for that? It's hard. You get you don't. We we know Murray, and he he he's not a dirty player. Although he did have that game last year where he was um, did, was he actually sent off or was he substituted? Yeah, West Ham sent off. Yeah, yeah. West Ham was sent off, and he was a bit like that at the start. And I think he was just wanted to impress so much because whether he's staying or going is a bit of an enigma at the moment, isn't it? I think um, I think things are like that, Nick. Like that comes with frustration. That comes with not getting a touch of the ball. I know Pardew said he thought after it was 20 the first minutes, minute that, of the game, Alex. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Well, well, it wasn't. But it, you know, it, when when Pardew comes out and says he he knew he set up wrong, Murray didn't have a touch of the ball. The, 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 he had to make that tackle halfway in his own half. You know, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's Glenn Murray. He should be standing halfway in his own half. He's he's got to be camping in the other half. Um, and and that was the frustration. That was completely frustration. But well, he, I, I thought thought he had a good game though. I'm not I'm not I'm not dissing him. I thought he had. You know, if if he'd let me camp, you are. I, I was um. I, I, I thought he was a great engine. He held the ball up well. He knew a um, couple of breaks. He's, he's not the fastest. He just waited for the other players to steam forward before laying it off and getting up himself, which is which is what he's paid to do. And he did a very, very good job. And he was hassling their defenders when, when we had the chance. I thought I thought he had a very good game. Yeah, I was. I mean, I, I bring it up because it's interesting. A lot of people comparing him, his, his spell on the pitch to the... Uh, spell Wickham had when he came on and I thought Wickham was excellent when he came on and he certainly is the, the future as much as I love Glenn Murray but uh, not as much as Alex obviously but um, I think for what was obviously Wickham had the benefit of playing against a tired defence when he came on and, and that defence was as tired as it was because of the work that Murray put in I mean as far as the challenge goes could he have gone? I don't think so. I just I think it was a fair, it was a it was a ball there to be won. And he did take a bit of the ball as well. I know it was. Yeah. He took it later on. The left or the right one? <laughs> nice work. But yeah, yeah. I think it was a challenge that was there to be made, and, and he did the right thing in making it. I think. Um, I just noticed a, a, 
comment from Corsten Eagle about much and pointing out that he doesn't mind shooting, which is a nice change. And that's, you know, it sounds an obvious thing to say, but you know, having having players in the uh, the team who are prepared to actually have a pop at goal really does make a huge difference. Right? Do you think if you ask Jordan much the question, do you mind shooting? He'd say, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> might um, yeah, he might say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, all right. Look, the, the opening of the game. I think it's worth pointing out the opening of the game was twenty minutes of Norwich being on top. Um, really, they they sort of cope with the uh, the conditions better. They were set up in a way that allowed them to keep possession of the ball and, and work little openings in the final third and. As Pardew has said, he felt he set up, set up Palace wrong. Um, obviously, wingers on the wrong side, you'd have noticed much was then pulled a little bit deeper when he made the tactical change. So those are the sort of things that he, he, you can see he felt he got wrong. Um, and again, I think perhaps maybe, as some people have said on, on the forums and whatever, it was a little bit disrespectful to Norwich to think we could pick that midfield and, and sort of outplay them and steamroll them. I don't think so. I think, I think you know, it was just a positional thing, really, that... that, that left us exposed on that flank, as Joe was saying earlier. Um, but they had two big chances, and um, both fell to former Palace youth player Lewis Graben. Um, the first was offside, so I don't pay too much attention to that, but he should have done a lot better, shouldn't he, Joe, with the one that's right in front of the goal. And I'm glad he didn't, obviously, but um, we got away with one there, didn't we? I mean, we got away with it a few times. Um, but you make your own luck, you know? Um I just need to go back to a tackle. Uh, it was saying about um, Murray. I thought much got completely taken out by um, who's the player that had his ass wet back put into a bun. Oh, Bradley, Bradley Johnson. Bradley Johnson. He, yeah, he that took boy. out much. That really could have been. If if you look at that, he's, he had uh, if if Murray's leg was plant, uh, if um, much's leg was planted, he could have broke his leg. I promise you. Yeah, but you have a look at that again. Um, I thought I thought both of our, it could have been two reds in it, but um, anyway, going back to the, the chances, yeah, it's it's it's, the, it's being clinical, isn't it? And we've been guilty of of not putting teams away early when we've had the chances, the rare chances. Um, I thought we mugged them yesterday, very similar to when we first came up and didn't take our chances, had loads and loads of the ball, loads and you know loads of chances, didn't score, and then got beat one nil. So yeah. I looked at it and I was, I was I've read some Norwich forums today to get a flavour of what they're talking about and they're saying a lot of stuff along the lines of you know we were robbed and all this kind of stuff and it does it reminds me even last season you think about West Brom was of us you know it's, it's exactly the way but I thought the referee was as bad in, from both directions they got key decisions against them but there were a lot of late challenges from Norwich that went completely unpunished I think he was trying to let the game flow but it really too too much got let go. Um, and there was there were moments in that game where the referee didn't have control for me. And like I say, I, I think Norwich are doing us a bit of a disservice. We were nowhere near our best. Um, and and but for a couple of you know we say luck. I mean, there's that old adage, isn't there? The harder you work, the luckier you get. And there's a bit a bit about us, a bit of us, <laughs> a bit of that about us. There you go, uh, Albert. Speak before I lose the plot. No, I was just yeah, going to make a similar point to you. I I came away saying to my mate Chris, who's a Norwich fan, that. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of of our first season. I can't even under Holloway. I just remember coming away from games thinking we we didn't play badly. I, you know, we didn't play badly. But it's just you know the Premier League now. Teams that have been up there a few seasons and, and longer, they just naturally have that you know that sort of bigger slice of class and you know know how to win a game and 
And I felt that's what we did yesterday, you know, especially when you chuck in Kabai and, you know, players like that. You know, we, we just that little bit of class came through. Yeah, and no disrespect to Lewis Grabban, but I, I still struggle with the idea that Lewis Grabban was a starting Premier League forward. That was, and that and was Bradley naive. Johnson. That was naive. He left, he left Redmond and Cameron Jerome on the bench. I know it's not a Norwich podcast, but that, like, that's, that's beyond me. You know, Cameron Jones played Premier League. We saw him. He, I thought he was, I thought he was really good for us at times. Doesn't score enough goals, but he's got yeah. Leeds line rather than Graben and, and Redmond. Well, we saw what he can do. I, I I didn't get that. I thought it was a really poor selection by them. Let so, alone getting it wrong. So do I. Because well, Arju came out straight away and said he picked the wrong team. But I didn't hear Alex Neil say that, and he definitely picked the wrong team. Yeah. Because they had, had, had Cameron Jerome being up and at us a few crosses and the pace and everything. I mean, it looked like he was given a free roll. Um, but that would have taken advantage of us playing that that kind of small midfield as well in, in Kabai MacArthur and much, you know, not as much discipline as, as other players perhaps in there like Ledley and Ledley and Jidnak. But that's the that's the inexperience of of, uh, of Alex Neal then just showing up completely there. But you know, but anyway, when we're we going to talk about this goal, their goal, <laughs> their goal, yeah, the uh, the one this disallowed goal. Oh, let's save that. Let's save that till a bit later on. Um, okay. Albert, you had a point you wanted to make. I was going to say again, it's not a Norwich podcast, but I don't know if it was a, uh, a sort of a, a conscious decision before the game, or if it was something that developed during the game. But like we said, they seem to be targeting Soiree, you know, to sort of try and get in behind and get balls in. That just baffled me that they didn't play Redmond from the off. If that's what they were, if they were trying to do, I yeah, think we yeah. again, like Jill said, we were we were lucky that they didn't. So Norwich, if you're interested, we've got a few men here who are willing to uh, to take the helm. That's odd they got to live in Norwich. <laughs> talking about a lovely place. A bit hot yesterday, wasn't it? Um, it's a bit hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we, we've talked about the fact they had a couple of chances very, very early on. We also had a, a chance very early on. Um, it won't dwell on it too much, but Alex, it went to your, your man Glenn Murray. Um, so we got got it, got in wide, got a ball into the middle, point blank range. Good save, or should Glenn be tucking that away? I don't know. I, I, it wasn't a match of the day, was it? Which was like beyond me. Um, I, I suppose from three yards, you've got to score, haven't you? It, obviously, an amazing kick, uh, save from the keeper. But I suppose you've got to score from that range, haven't you? But again, that's that's everything that Murray's about. You know, he's in the right place at the right time. Yeah, they did show it on uh, goals on Sunday, which I, I've, I've watched both. I wanted, should he have really scored? Desperate. Yeah, he, yeah, he should have done really. But I mean, it's a difficult one. It's an instinctive toe poke at it and usually they do go in I have to say um, but I, yeah I don't really know I, I'm not criticising him for it it's just really you sort of think to yourself would someone else have got there and put that one in I just don't know um, but for, for me it was a sign of what we could do and it was during a period where Wilford got into the game and really started putting some pressure on um, but obviously that was I think it was even before that they'd swap wings so obviously Murray, uh, Murray uh, Pardew made that change where he put Wilf over to the left to give Suarez better protection. Um, obviously, Ward um, and Punchin sort of worked pretty well together as well. It seemed to settle the team a bit. We drew much a little bit, um, just so he'd offer a bit more um, of a presence in midfield. And it was good. It was, you know, it, it certainly gave, gave us a platform to build on and allowed breaks down the flanks a bit better. And, um, and that's really where we got the goal from. It was some great interplay between Ward and Kabai. And Kabai basically gave gave Ward a, a, the ball in a position where he couldn't do much else other than play the ball down the line. And uh, 
again, we've talked about how Punchon slows it down on the wing, but this time he had a bit of space to gallop into and a superb first touch from what was a great ball by Ward. And uh, just a little sort of uh, jinking step over and, and put a great right-footed cross in. Obviously, we know he's all left foot most of the time, but he did, did right, the right thing this time. Went on his right foot, clipped it in, back post. And I have to say, the concentration and technique from Zaha, it, it shows for me he's, he's really growing up as a player. And his, his um, post-match chat with Chris Grierson as well, you, he sounds mature. He sounds like a footballer now. He sounds like a, you know, a, a man who understands the game rather than a boy who's learning. And I, that's really, really given me a lot of confidence in the season he's going to have. Nick? That's a very good point, actually. Chris, that's he's, he's grown up, hasn't he? And I, I still think he's ahead of Balassi. I, I, I know Punction crossed the ball in perfectly yeah. for Zaha to score. But did you see what Punction was doing in the build-up to the goal? He, he'd actually won the ball back in defence, uh, yep. passed it to one of our players, and, and he'd run three quarters of the length of the pitch and got the ball back. The, the amount of work and awareness that um, Punction has got in, in setting up that goal is unbelievable and a lot of credit should go to him for that I think definitely it was it was a superb assist and, and, and richly deserved Albert I'm going to put the cat amongst pigeons and say I, I thought it was quite a, not a poor cross but it wasn't the world's greatest cross I thought it was made by Zaha steaming in there and, and sh- having great technique to leap and, and get a foot to it I went the moment he crossed the ball I thought because I was right in line with it I thought he's overhit that you know it's, he's going to oversail everybody and all of a sudden Zaha came out of nowhere and, and tucked it away. It's, it's one of those, Albert, though, isn't it? On, on your wrong foot, you just try and put it in the right area. I don't think you, you particularly try and pick out a man. I think you just put it in the danger zone and, and hope he, somebody he, goes for it. And got it beyond the keeper. I know I'm being harsh. <laughs> um, Sorry. To pick, up, to pick up on this point, Chris Coleman made a really good point on uh, goals on Sunday earlier today. Uh, he was talking about he, when he joined Palace, Koppel was still there and uh, obviously, you had the, the the wingers. I think at the time were McGoldrick and Solarco, and he was talking about it was the job of the the other winger to make sure he was in that area whenever the other one had the ball. So, and he, he said that's there's no coincidence that Pardew's got both Will from Balassi or Punch. But they said that didn't they after the QPR game? Balassi and Zaha. They said they've been challenged by Pardew when one's on the ball, the other one's got to exactly. get to the far post as much as they can. Or did they say they've got a bet on or something? Yeah, I think so. That was that was the last thing. I think um, there was some statistic that that, that I saw. I, I don't. I think it was on Twitter that that's t- something in the region of five in eight games for Wilf or something like that. Five in a, away in, games or something. Or something like that. Yeah, but he's he's certainly adding goals to his game. And like again, talking to uh, to Chris Grierson on the Eagles t- whatever it's, oh, digital membership Eagles thing. You know what I mean? That's a that's punchy. <laughs> that's a punchy title. It's a punchy title. That's that's what they named it. It's, um, yeah, obviously Digital I was Crystal consulted. Palace members videos. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that would do. Dot com. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, he was. <clears throat> Excuse me. I forgot my point now because of all that. That's bad. Just go. Let's just talk about how good Zaha was on the whole. Yeah, that's a very good idea. Was he in the hole? Man of the match. Um, he was, yeah, he was certainly my man in the match. We'll come to that later on because other people might have differing opinions. I've seen a variety yeah, of wrong. people. Nominated. They, they are wrong. You're quite right. Um, it, spells in that first half where he was doing tricks that um, just they were just just back to vintage Wilf. Um, 
I'm a huge, huge fan of Wilfs, but and it made nothing really made me much happier yesterday than, than seeing him playing like that. It, it looks like all the bad things that have been said and done, and all that confidence that ebbed away at Man United. It seems like he's finally back to the Wilf we know and love. And if he can perform like that every week, he will be absolutely huge for us this season. Joe, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, most impressive Wilf performance in a while. Yeah, without a doubt. I just want to go back to that thing about uh, about his goal. Is the ball was behind him and in the air. You know, he was up in the air and he had to 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 pick the ball from behind him. It was a brilliant goal. I thought it was an excellent, excellent finish. But he just, I'm just reading a, a, a in a chat and Cool Eagle was 89. Said Zaha's turn says me and Balassia buzzing at having Kabai to pass to us. Yeah. So you can see that. Just by saying that, he, he's excited. I think he's got his he's got a bit of his mojo back, hasn't he? You can see that because when Will starts leaving people for dead and and he has two players or three players in front of him and he still runs at them, you know you know he's going to get something out of it. You know he's either going to get across across a shot or he's going to get a corner. And he got low, he got he got a few corners for us. I think yeah. our uh, our second goal was was uh, an attack by him down the left, um, uh, and they put out for a corner. So now you're bang on. Uh, I know you're on. A st- Jump in there, Nick, but I have just remembered what I was going to be talking about. He described in that post-match interview what he was thinking when the ball came across to him. And he said all he was thinking was to watch it, to keep his eyes on it, remain calm and get it on target. Now, the Wilf of old, every now and then he'd get one in, an explosive sort of finish, smash it in. I can remember a game against Watford where he absolutely levered it, I think. And Brighton. Yeah, Brighton, of course. Yeah, Twice. absolutely smashed it. Yeah, but this was this was almost an uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic will finish. Um, but it was great to see. It's great to hear him talk about that. He he very deliberately went for technique over power, and he will score a lot more goals doing that. Nick, yeah, uh, in in his action in the shot, um, I was imagining a photographer taking a very similar to photo of the one of Dave Swindlehurst. You remember the one, Joe, where I think when Swindler scored against Tipswick, it's on the back of all the papers, but it was almost yeah. the same kind of. Uh, Sorry, action someone to got score a balloon that. that they're rubbing then. That's what that sounded like. Anyway, very weird. Go on. Yeah, no, it was, it was just reminiscent of that Swindler's goal back in the day. And he's he's releasing the ball now. He, before, he used to try and take on too many people and do too much, didn't he? But he's, he's lost that aspect of his game, I think, or he, or he had done yesterday. Whether yeah. that carries on, I don't know. But he, he knows when to release the ball. He knows when to just hold on to the ball, let people come in. And, he, he, yeah, you're right, he's, he's matured so much in a short yeah. space of time as well. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, it is in a short space of time. Last season, he still looked a little bit like the um, like that, that the kid, really, who was, who was still waiting to grow up. But it's just, I don't know whether he's had... You know what, some sort of a summer he's had, or I think it's really just the management of Pardew and and like you, like you mentioned, Joe, about having Kabaya alongside him. That you know he finally, you know maybe it's inspired him a little bit. It's good. It's great. It's absolutely great. We could talk about Will all day, but I reckon we'll have a lot lot of time to talk about him all season because he's, you know, very very promising early on. So that gave us one nil at half time. It was I'd say it's just about deserved. If you you can't ignore the first twenty minutes, so you've got to feel a little bit. Feel a little bit lucky, I guess, that, that Norwich haven't taken a few more of their chances. But um, you know, I, I felt Wilf being the player of the half. I, I think you know, having the best player on the pitch and being clinical, that you, you deserve it. You deserve it. One nil half time, and straight after half time, Wilf goes up and as I said, wins the corner, and it was a brilliant, brilliant set piece. Um, 
spoken about afterwards where apparently in, in training they did the same thing and instead of heading it, Suarez apparently just drilled one into the corner and they said, oh, well, he's never going to do that again. But trying the set piece, you know, having, having two sitting at the back and marking one player and then having him run all the way in and uh, it's a great ball from Punchin to actually find his head in that situation and heads it straight to Delaney. Maybe whether you think that that's, um, a, he's misheaded when trying to go for goal or he's actually seen Delaney in that position and put it there. I'm, I'm not too sure which, uh, but great finish from Delaney and, you know, sort of side foot volleys at home and uh, happy days, 2-0 up. It was, uh, it's a great goal, wasn't it, Albert? On his wrong foot as well. Yeah. It was a great goal, great finish. And um, yeah, I don't know how much, um, as great as the set piece it was, I don't know how much we can say that Suarez was necessarily intentionally picking out Delaney, but sod it, it, it worked. Um, yeah, it's nice to see, you know, it's, a lot's made of set pieces, and you know, and how 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 much we relied on them. Certainly under Pulis, and um, it's nice to nice to see something with a bit of variety. Yeah, I th- I thought so. And Suarez got an excellent leap on him. It's funny uh, earlier on, um, uh, Ginger Nuts CPFC got in touch and said the longer Papa's hair gets, the better he performs. But I think you can equate that to the longer uh, the longer we get. You know, he gets playing in the in the Palace team. The better but there will be a point where his hair becomes too long and he won't be able to see. He, and then he'll probably play rubbish. Exactly, that cannot go on indefinitely. Um, although, if he can find a way, um, Gomez has probably pineapple. The, yeah, yeah, pineapple might work. Yeah, Gomez at Swansea's probably got the longest hair on a footballer I've seen. Uh, you know, but and and he's all right. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It's a poor man's hullet, though, isn't it? It really is. It really is a poor man's it. Oh, Rude Hillip. What a player he was. Anyway, let's not uh, get nostalgic now. In the, in the chat room, Chris. Yeah. Um, Lions 550. This is on wholeradio.net slash chat. Soiree can get his head to a ball, but he can't direct them. There is no way that that was meant for Damo. It was an effort on goal. Ha ha. And then he said, and I, I totally agree with him a little bit later on, he said in there, um, Delaney's shot was actually him doing a uh, diagonal ball across the pitch. He just <laughs> forgot that he was in their penalty area because it was exactly the same movement. That's just all he does. Yeah, well, have, no, he just had to be very near the goal. Probably it would have been, if he'd have hit left foot, he'd have been 50 yards over the bar. <laughs> mean, all of you. It was a great finish. Um, finish. If you ever Lucy, look on... Lucy's not happy about us. Sorry for slagging Damo off. It's all, it's all in jest, Lucy. He's lovely. I was. <laughs> I'll pick him in my defence. Yes, that's exactly what you meant. Yeah, clearly. What are you thinking about? Clearly. Um, stuff, just have, we had a moment there where we all thought about Damien Delaney. It was. <laughs> it was a Damo moment. <laughs> um, anyway, um, on the subject of Suarez not being able to head the ball, um, I think if you have a little look on YouTube at his goals for Lille, um, you might be surprised. He could scored with a header in pre season. And he scored a header in pre-season. He's got a fantastic leap on him. Great header of the ball. I think he's done a bit, done a bit of a disservice there. But I do think, I do agree in that particular circumstance, he has slightly mistimed the header and it's found its way to Damo. But superb finish from the, the hunky Irishman. He is a dreamboat. Um, and I thought Palace, anyway, moving swiftly on, I thought Palace were dominant after that second goal, but allowed a little bit of complacency to creep in. Would you not agree, Albert? Yes, I would Good. agree. Good. I'm glad you've agreed. Now let's move on. 
No, um, I, I, you, no, about you because I, I asked Albert because um, obviously Alex was at the game as well, so was Albert, and I felt the fans sort of epitomised that complacency because we've been loud and and raucous and right behind the team, and we had this little moment where we we're all this is a bit too easy and kind of it, all the noise died down a little bit, and all of a sudden the sort of the players seemed a little bit complacent as well. There was, a, yeah, you're, I mean, you've just reminded me saying that there was a lot of general um, what I'd call Premier League arrogance coming from yeah. certain fans around me which made me slightly uncomfortable to be honest I'm, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the we're going to win the league chant I did but and it was no, that's pretty, right because everybody knows you're taking the mick there but it was yeah. like it, when it's when you're actually like digging out the opposition and giving it all the you're going down on Premier League you're having a laugh sort of thing it's like come on yeah didn't, didn't really enjoy that um, that part of it but yeah. you started it <laughs> you can't prove that. Um, shortly after that sort of that period of complacency, that's when um, McCarthy made the double save. Uh, it was a, the, the first save was good, but it just for me it looked like the, the sort of the way he got up and the way he pushed the ball away for the second. It looked so so quick um, actually at the game. It just it didn't look quite as good on the replay. Wouldn't you agree, Alex? Yeah, the replay didn't do him justice at all. I. I thought I was going to run on the pitch at that point. It was a, it was, like, it was an amazing, amazing save to kind of his distribution being as inconsistent as it was up to then. Um, to pull that off, I think would have been a really good confidence boost for him and and the defenders themselves. But uh, I was hoping it was going to give us a bit of a shake up and a bit of a warning. But we didn't seem to accept the warning. I'd argue that his distribution was consistent, but it was just consistently poor. Really bad, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Now we can talk about Cameron Jerome's goal, right? Yes, we can, because obviously we did concede the Redmond goal. We've, we've dissected that quite considerably. And we were. We, we had a real wobble after that. And um, uh, I don't know what to say really about it. It was given, obviously... It was a goal. It was, a goal. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was a goal. It was yeah. a bloody goal. That's all there is to it. No, it wasn't. I, no. I disagree. Yeah, I well, disagree as well. Let's, let's go through this. Obviously, Alex and Joel, please make the case for the... Um, <laughs> For the prosecution, a defence. I don't know. Defence. Um, right. I'll tell you him, what. It, it was that. It was. It was said perfectly on TV this afternoon. Well, in, in fact, Pardew Turner said anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. Hundred percent. He actually. Yeah. He, he, he. You know. He actually kicked kicked a wall in the face. So Where the other thing is, listen. No, listen. The other. Yeah, but he's. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, does it? You got if you're going to be consistent, if you're going to give it on the halfway line, you give it in the penalty area, and that's what he done. If you look at the camera, the camera angle where the normal camera angle that, that, that a game is shown from, as he puts his foot up, you'll see he blows the whistle as the ball goes in the net. Not afterwards, you see in the referee pot as he's it all happens really quick, but as he pulls his foot up in midair, makes connection, and the referee's got his, his whistle in his mouth already. It's, it's you know it's just you heard all the roar of the crowd and then everyone's turned around and saying but you watch the referee before Jerome's done his run out the referee he's blown his whistle and then he's pointed for a free kick not for a goal it's, I don't see what the point I don't see what the problem is and then for every for match of the day to turn around and, and do what they did last night and put it up with that Sunderland goal from from last season so the thing is you're at Sunderland Southampton whatever it was but what I'm saying is is you'll see that Ward made a challenge for the ball. And the, and the the other one they showed you, the defender just stood there. Yeah, but there was no he challenge. Turned he away. Sticks, it was he? He actually turned yeah, away. It just well, that doesn't surprise me. It's why he's playing whatever pub football now. But anyway, it's just it's a Southampton now. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> and just it just it annoys me when 
when they're trying to bring up, just try and make comparisons. It was nothing like that at all. But for me, it wasn't a goal. Okay, um, Alex, anything to add to that case before we go to Nick? No, I just completely agree. I think if you if you follow the rule book, the rule book is that Jerome has put his boot in a, in a dangerous position. Joe Ward hasn't put his head, you know, at an unnatural height. He's standing up as, as at his normal height, and Jerome has got a long leg that, that nearly kicks him in the face. That is that is dangerous, you know. If he had connected with his face there, um, we'd be we'd be absolutely fuming, you know, and and so would Ward. He'd probably be knocked out. Um, so he's put his his foot. In a, in a dangerous position, that that is a foul. If it went against me, I'd probably be disappointed. But the reality is, if you follow the rule book, that shouldn't stand as a goal. Okay, so uh, Nick, um, you've got an opposite point of view as of you, Albert. Let's let's hear you, Nick, first. Well, I, I think it's just going to endanger football from from having overhead kick goals or whatever the bloody old Patrick calls them in America. Bicycle kicks, I can't remember. Um, and Dweebers said the same thing in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. You know, players are going to think twice about going for the overhead kick. And I, I, I agree with Joel, yes, if it was anywhere else on the pitch, it would, um, it would, it would have been a foul. But Pardew also said that he would have been just as aggrieved as the uh, Norwich gaffers. You know, yeah, but- so, so Pardew, Pardew said, you know, if, if he almost said he, I think he almost came out and said, you know, it should have stood without saying so much, if you know what I mean. That's how I read what he said. Okay, you can, dis- um, you can disagree with the rule, you know, on paper, but that is the rule. Like, I, 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 again, I think it was a, I think it should have been a goal, but probably, but the rule is high boot. It's a foul, and you have to be consistent across the pitch, you know. And I, I think, you know, people are saying, oh, there's never going to be an overhead kick, and someone's just mentioned the Rooney one, but. There was nobody challenging for the ball when Rooney. He, did he it. hasn't nearly, he hasn't nearly kicked somebody in the face. Exactly, the, it's, it, you have point, to take it in in isolated incidents. If someone's sticking their head in because they they've got everyone saying, well, Cameron Jerome's got a right to go for that ball, but so is the defender, and the defender's not doing it doing anything that's putting the attacker in danger. But you can't say the same the other way around, and you know you can argue with whether the rule should exist or not, but that's the rule, and he broke it. It's oh, I see what you mean. For me, there's a little there's a little point to consider with regards to Ward's contribution to this. The first is that he's having to duck down to head the ball, um, which sort of does his case a little bit of a disservice. The second is, I don't think he's getting to the ball. Um, I think he, he's not he's not jumped in as an afterthought. He's genuinely challenged to get his head to the ball, but I don't think he's getting there. Uh, and that's why I, I would be really disappointed if, if it was given against us. Um, I really do struggle with it, uh, if I'm completely honest. Gel? Yeah, I agree. He wasn't getting there. But someone else did see something on the radar. Just a, at least the top of his foot was five feet two off the pitch, which is almost neck height. So it's a foul. Anyway, nothing to see here. Move on. Yeah, it was, what I did like about the whole thing was um, it was probably the... The longest celebrated disallowed goal that I've ever seen. <laughs> I was... didn't get it because I knew straight away. <laughs> yeah, but all, yeah, but all the all the Norwich fans instantly yeah. turned because I was in that corner. You know, I was near you, Alex. Yeah. They instantly turned around, giving it all the oh, two nil, you fucked it up, sort of thing. And uh, and all and everybody was just pointing at the pitch, saying you, you better look that way because the referee, you know, it had already been disallowed. It was after it was quite, it was quite funny. Yeah, they were. There was some. One of those ones you have on FIFA where you, where you know it's offside and he still goes off celebrating. Um, <laughs> I'm probably a bit young for you, like, aren't I? I, oh yeah, I, I play, play FIFA. Yeah, what's, what's FIFA? FIFA? What's FIFA? 
<laughs> Brilliant. Is it a um, crooked game? Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway. Thank you, Alex. You get blattered. <laughs> uh, play the noise. Wow. Well, yeah, hang on. Hang on. Uh, it's not, yeah, you made the noise. It's not spontaneous when you say play the noise, is it? Kind of, just kind of does it a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't should matter. Just, we'll... Should have just done the noise live because it's a recording yeah. of me doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that noise. Yeah, I was it myself. All right. Okay. Um. <laughs> good work. I look. I, I, I can't help but but think that we have got away with one there. I really, I really can't. But um, a little bit. Gel has not got his phone on silent. Well done, Gel. So um, I suppose. We've also got to talk about a penalty shout uh, that Norwich had. For me, this was a li- even. Um, well, I think it was even more blatant than the uh, than the overhead kick situation. Uh, Connor Wickham's just quite heartily shoved Bassong in the back. Um, Albert, you're saying no pen. Come on, no pen for me. Really? No, I don't think it is. I think. Um... I think you know it's one of those from one camera angle. There's an argument for it, and then from the from the angle from behind the goal, it just looks like I don't know. It's it might be slow motion, maybe taking sort of the edge off it. But Basson just looks like he's you know really half-assed, trying to jump off the ground and just balls it up and falls over. With you know, I'm not denying there's contact, but you know, there's a lot. There's loads of players around that you know in and amongst it, and I don't think you can be. It's one of those. If you're going to give it for that, you got to give it for almost every corner. I don't. That takes I don't place in a football game. I don't think the Basong was scoring. I don't think there was any need for the challenge to be how it was. Um, of course, he's not going to score a donkey. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But, but your um, point I, is valid. I have to say, I mean, again, and he made so much of the contact. He's rolling around in the area and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was almost ridiculous. But when you see it, when you see what Wickham's done, he's not played the ball. He's just just given the man a shove, and I don't. I can't. Again, I have to be in the position where I say, if I'm, if I'm unfortunate enough to be a Norwich fan, I, I just would not, you know, accept that one. Really, it's one of those again, though, isn't it? That if that went against you and you didn't get a penalty, you'd be pretty upset about it. You know, the, the, remember the year we went up, Maria got like four or five of those. Yeah, it's always Murray with you, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> I remember things with, with, well, with Glenn. When you think about it, um, again, discussing the referee. When do you remember them in particular? Well done, Nick. Middle of the sentence again. Um, If if you think about the referee and display in general, you could actually point to a couple of occasions in this game where Murray did get a shove and maybe could have had a penalty. Um, Again, I was talking earlier about him letting. There's one in the first half, wasn't there? Really, it was the first half, the second half, but quite early on in one of the halves, where Murray was kind of just about through on goal, just about to take a shot and got taken out. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't get that. So oh, I thought that looked a bit soft. Well, that leads me on to what I was about to talk about. There was a suspicion of, um, you know, potentially on both sides, but particularly a couple of uh, incidents for Palace. Murray was responsible for a few. Soiree on the left, left-hand side um, attacking another, where either the most was made of contact or there seemed to be very little contact, um, but a bit of potentially simulation coming in. What do we think about that? I'll start with you, Albert. Yeah, I was going to say the Norwich fans and a lot of the players really weren't happy with Soiree. <laughs> uh, certainly, for, I think I know the one you're talking about. There was one in the first half where he ended up <laughs> rolling over the the touchline and, and yeah. did the old holding the ankle and bit of tapping the floor for good measure and 
bit of grimacing and and then the moment we got the free kick, he was sprinting off down the touchline <laughs> to rejoin the play. And I did think to myself, well, if you're going to call ourselves an, an established Premier League club, then we better get on board. As, as, as horrible as it is and you don't want to see it, like everybody else does it. I feel yeah. dirty. <laughs> Similar views, Alex. I think I think Murray's. I think that's that's a lot. That's a part of his game, though, isn't it? I think we've seen him do that pretty much since he since he joined. That he'll take a touch and go down and and try and win that free kick and release the pressure and allow kind of the game to step twenty yards forward. Um, but again, it's it's all part of football, isn't it? These days, I know it's horrible, but like Albert said, there, if everyone else is doing it, then we've got to jump on board at some point. Do you feel dirty? Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> definitely going to clip that somewhere I think Mikey make a note of that time just Albert and then and then Alex I think oh, that was good I'm not sure where we're going to use that possibly for my own purposes at different times <laughs> did you clip that <laughs> one <laughs> don't please um, yeah. is it hot in here yeah it's got, I've got the windows shut here maybe I'm a little bit over overheated um, <clears throat> excuse me I don't know what's happened to me I have, I have to say it it's not my fault. I've been drinking old rosy cider for a while now. Um, thank you to uh, to Lucy White and to James Marshall for buying it for me. However, I shan't be using it as my show drink ever again. It's having a very bad effect on me. So, um, <laughs> that aside, let's talk about Johan Kabay. Um, some people called him man of the match, which I'm not too sure about. Uh, but 92% pass completion. A goal, uh, very nearly an assist for Jordan Much. Um, just, just... For me, just ooze class, absolutely ooze class. Was top top player and made a huge difference to our side. Gel. Yeah, I mean, I, he sort of flitted in and out for me. Um, but I see, I was just, I watched it with with Ian Lyons, and I, I just literally said to him, I "Haven't seen anything at all from Kabai." And a minute later, he's yeah. You know, so for twenty minutes, and a minute later, he scores. So. You know, he just he just gives us the, the the clinical edge and and the stats, like you say, the stats don't lie. But I mean, there's no way he was man of the match. I mean, anyone could could see past Will for man of the match. Got to, I think I think you've got to look at it look at it tactically as well, though. At times, Kabai was our was our deepest player. You know, he's kind of just sitting in front of the back four, and that's probably not where you're going to get the best out of him. I know we all kind of expected him just to play off of Murray. Um, that midfield selection for me was was wrong um, and it didn't bring the best out of Kabai and I don't think if you play that three that we did you'll, you'll get the best out of Kabai I'm not um, sure mm. yeah go on Albert I just thought again I'm not going to profess to be some you know psychic football genius and say that's where I'd have played him but good see, seeing it yet seeing it there yesterday you know he brought such a you know his distribution was just great and often that's what you you need someone back there, you know. Who's, you do, but I think you you also need that that position where he he can kind of not have to worry about doing everything, where he can kind of free roam a little bit. And but he's, that, and he's given the tackle as well. Yeah, but that responsibility yeah. that you know that he can go and do what he needs to do, and that responsibility is kind of not on his back. I think he'll naturally do it a lot of the time. But also at times you want him just to be able to kind of be that luxury player. But what if what if it, that that allowed you to then have um, a fit Zaha? One side, Balassi and Punch, and playing behind like he did in the last season. Would yeah, you... I would do though. That would, yeah. I would have those three, but I'd have Kabai and uh, Jednak. Hmm. Gel. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just completely thrown me off. Um, Sorry, mate. No, I, 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 I can I help you. I, I can't see how you, how you can put 
Jediim for for MacArthur. Uh, for MacArthur, I, he's just a he's just a legend for me. Uh, some great stats on him yesterday. Didn't he run seven and a half miles? But in yeah. saying that, I think Kabai ran seven point two. I think I was told. Yeah, the two uh, of them actually work really well as a partnership. I thought. And yeah, I they really do. It's, but he's just ultra ultra fit and just. It, I think I think without his hassle in the middle. Um, yeah, things just look good, don't they? That's that's the that's the thing. We can start picking bones and. Well, who's uh, mentioned Joe Ledley's name in the last few weeks? Well, yeah, but and that, and that was a strange one. Um, he did just then. That, that was a strange one. Where he's been completely left out. So I, I think I think in the next six or eight weeks we're going to see, you know, some some players we don't want to see go, leave the club. Maybe, but I think there's also a case to say that we'll see plenty of rotation um, mm. as well. I think you know there'll be games where Jednak starts because we need him in there starting and we need him in there breaking up play. Um, you know certain games where we're going to have less of the ball. I think you'll see the likes of Jednak and Ledley feature. So it'd be very interesting to see how how Pardew uses the whole squad. Um, can I really big that. Cool. Can I just come in and and, uh, and I do believe Kabai was captain yesterday. Kabai Delaney. No, yeah. Delaney was captain. Oh, was it Delaney? Oh, they said on the radio it was Kabai. Oh, okay. They, they lied to you. You know, talking about captain, there was a there was a tweet that came in earlier on. Oh, it's been deleted. Oh no, there it is. No, you, you sound about <laughs> Scott Dan. Yeah. Um, who's that from? That's from Richard Little. Who it's says, from Scott do you, Dan. <laughs> do you think the captaincy <laughs> should be? Do you think captaincy should be given to a player who's going to be the first on the team sheet every week? E.g. Scott Dan. How do we feel about that? Because we, for me, it, I think match day differs to to sort of club captain role. If you know what I mean. We've I almost. Just, done. We've almost done this to death, don't we? we? We've we've got five captains, ex-captains on the pitch, yeah. so it, or within the club, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And again, I'll just go back to saying it again. Jules has turned around and said, you know, his testimonial uh, speech. He said, it doesn't matter who's captain. Said, we all play as a team. No, you know, so if the captain just goes up, flicks a coin, or does whatever he does at the beginning. There's no football's moved on from when you had a, you know. Where you, where you had a captain and everyone listens to him captain doesn't it's just, it's just a, a representation of the club you know the, the manager's the, the person that tells them everyone what to do well off the so, field off the field I know there's a lot of work that, that Jednak well certainly in the past has done I don't know how much he has to do under, under Pardew it might be a different circumstance but certainly there's a lot in the past that Je, where Jednak has been responsible for setting the standards amongst players you know for for you know, calling out people who aren't committing to the to the way things are done at Palace. And but that's our club. That's our club in general. I think he's just bought into the ethos and he's just carried it on as a club captain and been more vocal, like you say, calling people out. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, just captains, captain schmaptains. <laughs> I like it. That's a brilliant one. Captain schmaptains. Okay, um... Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, we've talked about Wickham and uh, Murray earlier on. I think that's going to be an interesting one. See how that develops. Um, a lot of people still thinking that, that Murray might leave. I, I just don't know. If, if I think any player, you can probably say this about Balassi as well. If evaluation is met on a player, then there's a strong chance that they will leave, um, and that we will have cover for them already in the squad. I know Pardew sees, funny enough, sees Balassi as uh, as potentially a striker cover as well. Um, as well as Which makes us all feel sick. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I think he's got the attributes other than the finishing, and that's something he can work on. But I don't know. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about Punch and playing out wide. We've criticised it in the past. Um, no, I have, certainly. it's dreadful. Stop it. 
do you not think he did a really good job on the right I wing? I thought he did a fantastic job, but I think you lose more than you gain by putting him out wide and taking him out centrally. You know, when he when he stepped inside yesterday, he completely ran the show. He completely ran the show in that midfield. And Okabai is a standout player for us, but, you know, what punching can do centrally, you know, I haven't seen from Kabai. Well, I know it's only been one game, but, but to take him away from that central role when we've got Yannick and, and Wiff both fit, I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't play centrally. Wiff? Wiff. That's Wiff. why I thought you said Wiff. <laughs> Wiff. I'll tell you what, the bloke who's sitting next to me yesterday really whiffed. Oh, there was a lot of that, wasn't there? Oh. <laughs> and just, do you know what? I think, I, was, I think it was the Arsenal game, first season we came up, I think I mentioned it on the show, there was a bloke sitting next to me who reeked. It was the same bloke. <laughs> oh really? No, yeah. there was some. I think there's definitely a few people struggling in the heat in terms of their um, hygiene. Their hygiene, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was sweating, but I smell like a daisy. You know, fresh as a daisy is that a phrase? I don't know. Like I was, a daisy chain. Yeah. No, that's definitely something else. Um, so I, look, I've criticised punching out wide before because um, he does slow the game down. But like I said earlier, the thing for me it was key in him having a good game was he had a willingness to go on his, his weaker foot from the right-hand side. And that makes him a much better option as a winger. And I thought he actually had a superb game. And for me, other than the being slightly lacking the defensive part in the first 20 minutes, for me, he, he was up there in terms, not quite at Wilf's level, but probably second or third choice for man of the match for me. What do you reckon, Jill? Man of the match? Quite near for me, punching. I thought he was quality on the ball. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, it was quality. We had a couple of, you know, couple of players that played played very well, and everyone else played okay. Um, but no, he, he didn't get near Wolf for man of the match. He didn't get near MacArthur for me for man of the match. Um, but anyway, he, he played very well, you know. But like I say, he, he, the, the, the little bit where he let himself down um, he, is is where he left uh, Suarez exposed um, and didn't get back. But obviously, uh, Pardew saw that. Swapped it over and, and and everything was tiggity boo. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think he likes a free. I think Punchin, if you give him responsibility for having to defend, I don't think it. I don't think it, it, it just doesn't happen. But if you give him the responsibility just for going forward, give him almost like a free roll, I think it, it sort of works for him. But then saying that, if, you, if you're going to bring him into the centre, then you take much out because. You know, we can't keep having keep can't get having four formations that are four two one 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 one. We'll end up with you know it's just ridiculous. I, I can't work it out. But but sitting him in the middle obviously suits him because he. But but then much was sitting behind Murray, or were we playing four four two, or were we well, playing? We, he was almost four, a four four two. You're right. That's that's funny. Enough. Yeah, I had something I hadn't written down to talk about. But much for the first twenty minutes, he was a, he was a second striker. No two ways about it. Um, but did drop deeper a bit later on. But um, I think the system's an interesting one. It almost, I expected it to be, you know, 4-1-4-1, if you like, just to have someone screen him. Probably MacArthur, I, I expected, but potentially. See, MacArthur can't do that job. Uh, he's, he's better box-to-box, box, I agree with you, but I, I thought we might see a change. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what did you make of the formation in general then, Alex? I think it's four. It's four, two, three, one. It's like every other Premier League team. It's the the formation that everyone chooses, and it's probably slowly killing English football even more. But you, for me, again with those what, those three in midfield, as much as I'd love much to to play week in week out, I, I think you'd have to lose him for punching. But then if you play punching and and Kabai, I think you need that that discipline in front of the back four that 
that McCarthy doesn't get you, don't get me wrong. I think McCarthy's an excellent player and a player that I don't particularly want to lose out of that starting eleven. But if you want Kabai and Punchin both centrally, you have to have a man that's going to sit in front of that back four. McCarthy does not sit, he goes. At times in that first half, we had our three central midfielders all over the place. We had no midfield and they were running through us like there was no tomorrow. Um, and, that, and that was a big fault. It was a really big fault away from home to to do that we kind of got through and, and did enough to win the game but we really lacked a midfield for that first 20 minutes it's interesting you say that I thought similar about, about when Suarez got into the game in an, an attacking sense he was a bit slow to get back on a few occasions as well and with the midfield how it was we did look a little bit exposed on, on a, more than one occasion so no, it's an interesting challenge for, for Pardew to fit all these players in the team and get them in the positions where they're, they're affecting the game the most but it's a long old season and there'll be a chance for, for people playing in various positions. Punch and Will play centrally sometimes. Kabai will play further up the pitch sometimes. Jedinak will start probably more games than he doesn't start You know, by the end of the season. Uh, that, that's my theory on it anyway. Um, Nick, you're there. Hello. Hello. Yes. Danny said I'm quiet in the chat room, so I thought I'd better speak. That's uh, hovery.net slash chat. Uh, not much going in there. Some people saying that they think Jedi would do well at Arsenal. I'm sure that's something we could discuss another day. Punction out on the wing because Belassi only didn't been doing light training, apparently. So yeah, that's, that's why he wasn't doing the whole true. game. So it's it's not like Punction's name is uh, going to be there on the wing in, in stone, is it? So that's, that, that's why Pardew, Pardew said Pardew said in a press conference very early on that he said, you know, Kabai's probably going to take that punching role. So where does that leave punching? Well, punching's got to play well enough to keep that position. That's football, isn't it, then? Yes. Well said, Nick. But I, th- I just think you can get both in there, personally. Centrally. I think, that, I think honestly, think that, that you know that our best performances will be with both of those on the pitch at the same time. And for me, it'll be MacArthur who goes in with them and how you get the best out of the team then is the challenge for me. Um, but like I say, I, I think that the way football is and the way the opposition will be in, in a lot of the games, I think in the end you won't be able to play for that, that three as often as you perhaps would like. And then Jednak will come into into the equation. But there we go. That, um, that's, that's, it's different games for, for different players and, and that's yeah. what's wonderful. That's why we're so far... From, from where we were now the fact we're having this argument and, and we kind of fall out at times but at the end of the day this is the Premier League we've got to learn we've got to get used to it players get left out of top teams all the time you know no Joe Liddy that, that seems crazy if you said that to me probably last season but the reality is we've got so many options now and, and we should be celebrating that rather than arguing it really we do have genuine strength in depth okay we'll, we'll leave it there uh, for, for our review um, we just had we had a question earlier on should the goal have been disallowed the Cameron Jerome goal and there's a few people who've got some comments on that uh, Nick's brother Grant <laughs> Grant Gillard said uh, Hello, if, Grant. It set, if it said it would be <laughs> if it was in the centre circle it would be a free kick every time so correct decision uh, DR Kernas says let's be honest if that happened against us we would have said it should have been a goal it was a goal and we were lucky uh, Inky Moreno just says no so should it have been give disallowed? No, that's what he said there. Uh, Lee Bowman, no in theory, but as it was Cameron Jerome potentially scoring against us, then yes, correct decision. Uh, mm. Tony Stewart says no way. Uh, and Ben Allen, why did we never see that from Jerome when he was with us? Um, that's a good point. He scored a lot of goals last season. And um, yeah, it looks very much um, a much bigger threat in terms of you know in terms of goals this season in that short cameo that he had. Um I don't really know. He, it was good. He got a good reception from the Palace fans, I have to say. I, d- uh, I hated him as soon as he came on, though. Wasn't, wasn't there something about him that just, oh, that, that really annoying thing that you really loved about him when he just, it was really horrible to play against. He just, yeah. he had that effect. Like, I saw him warming up and I was like, oh yeah, good to see Cam Jam, like, had a good season. 
And then as soon as he came on, I just thought, oh, someone, someone go through him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Someone um, to- oh, I agree, and I was, and I, he celebrated his goal as well, which um, I was wondering if he would, whether he'd celebrate or not. He was only on loan at us, you know, let's, let's not forget. Yeah, that's what true. The, yeah. What, what, what's this cam jam? I've heard of a jam cam with the traffic, but cam jam, come on. <coughs> what's that all about, cam jam? It's fine. Well, is is he? He's kids, not an man. R&B singer, is he? And I thought um, it was like, God, what's the world coming to? Cam jam, what a load of toss. If, uh, if anyone had the image of Nick Gillard as a cantankerous old man in their head, um before and that's been cemented by that little run <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks Nick thanks for that um, uh, Danny H has also said never should have been disallowed great goal ruled out for nothing but um, I, I yeah I was annoyed with him during the game I thought he was you know I thought that he, you know he was, a, he was a real pest but after the game he said you know fair play to Palace they're a good counter attacking team which I don't know if that's damning with faint praise so, or what but, yeah so, so. anyway right. that's uh, that's been our review of the game let's hear your review of the game with Four word reviews. Four word reviews. Patrick O'Connor from Facebook. Wilf Punch Kabai Trifecta. Also from Facebook, DR Kernaz. Great way to begin. William Cunningham from Facebook. Zaha Delaney Kabai. Goals. Zero from Facebook. Early doors. Nice start. James Sorby from Facebook. We're above Manchester United. Will Cunningham, also from Facebook. The boys are back. Ben Hilton, yep, he's from Facebook. Second in the Prem. Neil Kite, flying high on Facebook. Great season coming up. Facebook's Dale Martin. Good all-round performance. Stuart Facebook, get in you eagles. Dave Martin from Facebook. Williams, second in the league. Did he uh, cross the ball for Grabham to miss? Different joke, no one understands, move on. <laughs> Elliot Hughes, surprise, surprise from Facebook. Wilf, running the show. Jolly Gellett, from Facebook. Okay, start, next game. Ron Nodes, MySpace, oh, that's an old one. Dean Votes, Facebook. <laughs> Bring on the Arsenal. <laughs> Ollie Allison from Twitter says... Nothing but professional job. Graham Fielding, Twitter. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. That's my... Oi. <laughs> Edward Potter from Twitter. Goals and the referee. Gary Twitter. Shit ref. Thank God. <laughs> Kevin from Twitter says, Eagles better than Canaries. And finally, Andy Street from neither Twitter or Facebook. Ooh la la, Johan. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to at whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. It's in or bin time. Um, That's your suggestions during the course of this week for the all-time ultimate squad. 25 best players of all time for our squad. We're looking this week for a central defensive midfielder. Um, previous weeks have seen us look at the centre-back, which Scott Dan was voted into the 25, and Ian Wright was voted in as a striker. Uh, so we've had plenty of suggestions, some more serious than others. Andy Dorman featuring, of course. 
uh, a couple of times. But uh, Mila Yednak was also mentioned. Hayden Mullins. A certain Aki Rihalati was nominated by a few, including Aki Rihalati himself, who got, got in touch saying, surely this world is corrupted if it's not me. Obviously, 10 years and kilos ago, and when there were no good players around. <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Um, we'll be certain to try and get uh, Aki on in the future to discuss um, his own entry into the 25-man squad, should that come up. But um, this week, funny enough, it's Michael Hughes who's got the most votes overall. Um, I don't more know than Jednak. More than Jednak, yeah. yeah. So I'm not too sure um, whether I would necessarily see him as a central defensive midfielder because mm. certainly he was actually in a partnership with Aki where, where he kind of sticks in my mind the most. And he kind of did that sort of box-to-box sort of screening role. Um, so, I, yeah, he's for me, he was an absolutely top player, Michael Hughes. Really, really good player. And he'd had a year out of the game when we signed him because of a contract dispute with Birmingham. But, you know, he, I think he came through into the English game at, at Man City and was excellent, like, you know, real prospect. And went to Strasbourg in France. Oh, this is all from memory. It's amazing. Um, before, before coming back to the English game. But like I say, he, he kind of missed out on part of his career and joined us at quite a late, you know, late stage of it. But was just sheer class. And we we really had a, a, a dearth of players who could be comfortable giving the ball in any situation at that time. It's amazing when you consider the squad we have now as, as to a, the squad we're talking about then. But Hughes came in and added real class and a great eye for a pass, could hit a free kick brilliantly. Um, it was just just brilliant for us. So I can see why so many people have gone, from him, uh, gone for him. Uh, Nick? He was a very good player. Very, very good player. But I'm afraid this week I, I can name several others that I think would be above him. And it, it's difficult with the... But the whole defensive midfield, defensive-minded midfield, I mean, where, where do you class them like Jerry Murphy, who I think was head and shoulders above Michael Hughes, um, when you think about Jeff Thomas, when you think about Lombardo, I think, good as he was, Michael Hughes, not good enough for me, sorry. Well, we'll come back to you in a second. Obviously, Nick sounds like he's going to go for Bin. If you want to uh, get your vote in, either do it in the chat room, whole forward slash chat, or on Twitter. Um, Nick will keep an eye on how many come in for in, so use hashtag in, um, in in the chat room and Mikey will keep an eye on uh, the Twitter account as well. So hashtag in, hashtag bin if you don't want to see Michael Hughes in the all-time 25. Um, I was absolutely shocked that there weren't votes for Jeff Thomas, whether people see him as a more as a box-to-box midfielder, but I thought that that would be an absolute given for me. Um, Albert, what's your views on, first of all, on Michael Hughes and then um, what, what, you know, what you're thinking is at the moment? I do, I do really rate Michael Hughes. You know, he was he was pivotal in getting us up. You know, if only for the um, the penalty in the shootout against Sunderland, he scored the winning penalty. And you know, like you say, after spending a year out of football, he came in and really, really lifted that team. And um, you know, whilst we sort of didn't have the greatest Premier League season when we went up, you know, he was he he was sort of most of the things that were good went through him. Uh, I seem to remember when we were getting absolutely rinsed by Norwich, funnily enough, at home. I think we were 3-0 down at one point, were we? Um, Michael Hughes really grabbed the game by the collar and I think probably I think, I think scored the first goal, which got us back into it. Um, fantastic player. But, you know, as Nick's alluded to, there's, he's, in, um, he's in good company and whether he makes the cut, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm still deciding. Yeah, it would be very interesting what, what, what comes in on Twitter. Because obviously the nominations come from Twitter and I don't know whether that's a factor in, in you know, the fact that no one seemed to mention Jeff Thomas at all. But um, 
yeah, that was that was a real stunner. But I don't know. I think it's very got to be very careful not to to do um, to do Michael Hughes a disservice because you think about the things we achieved as a squad with him there. Like you talk about that winning penalty. That again, I think you could argue that he was one of a, a couple of players who really carried that squad to to greater heights. And you know, had we not actually got promotion at that stage, our history could be very very different indeed. Um, so you know, for me, he made real contribution. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I remember speaking kind of last week, saying that I grew up in a really poor era of Palace football. I just noted down some some players that we could compete with: Michael Hughes, such as Stuart Green, Carl Fletcher, John Oster, Alex Marrow, Kemi Augustin, Alison and Di, Nick Carl. So for me, probably Michael Hughes would make the cut um, because he seems probably better than all of those put together. Yeah, and I think this is what we're talking about. I mean, perhaps the audience we reached when, when asking were people have that situation, Alex, where they're, those, that's the general comparison that they're having. Um, I know Nick's been saying there's a lot of people in the chat room talking about how you know, there will be a lot of ins for Jeff Thomas. Well, you're going to have to nominate him in another week. There's plenty more weeks of this to come, but we're just inning or binning Michael Hughes. Um, Joe, what, what are your views? Um. Yeah, I just remember him being a tough take. It just it was just a class above for me. Um but I'm just I'm just trying to trying to think whether he he would actually be in or been. It's a it's a tough one. I need a few more minutes. Absolutely. All right, well no problems at all is, there, mate. Is, um, Go on. Oh yeah, that clanging you can hear is him constantly putting the lid back on and having another <laughs> thing. You know, he's got a real <laughs> like metal bin in his and a and a picture of Michael Hughes in his other hand and he's really going to do it for real put it's a picture a f- of Michael Hughes in his bin in his kitchen <laughs> he's really getting involved that gel I can see him brilliant it's um for me it is a it's a proper head scratcher this one because um would you have I Hughes mean, over Jednak though I I don't know um probably not actually now you say it yeah he's but, a better um, passer much much better passer he was a superb passer go on Albert you, you say something before I do it gets it gets special accreditation for when he absolutely wiped out the referee against um, West Brom and the ref had to get stretched off. Yeah, which which was on my birthday. Uh, so you know that was a nice moment. Don't I forget did. as well. In addition to to, to smashing a referee, <laughs> YouTube clip find it for what he did to Robbie Savage. Oh yeah, made him Come cry. Come on, he's, he's got to get in. <laughs> exactly. He's got to get in the twenty five for making Robbie yeah, Savage cry. Uh, that is my view as well. Getting lots and lots of. Um, Although he did mug money. someone off in Dubai on the whole, didn't he? Yeah, but that wasn't even him. Do you remember that? <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever. Was, was I, Ben Watson a, a defensive midfielder? Uh, again, was, depends on he? your opinion. I think he. I think yeah. he's more central. Rather I think he was more offensive. Points. Well, he offended me. But anyway. Hey, it's a classic. Yeah, the other thing that goes against Michael Hughes is his his star shone bright. But not for very long. Do you know what I mean? Mm, With us, yeah. it's a twenty-five man squad all time. He had two, you know, albeit two fantastic seasons. Although one did end in relegation. Um, so I don't know. It's, I guess it's subjective to how you're how you're looking at the squad. I guess. Yeah. I think I think what a lot of people will probably come to, and I'm I'm certainly of the opinion myself, is that Hughes was a was an excellent player in a in a particularly difficult difficult time for Palace but when you think about an all-time 25-man squad was he one of the you've only got a few places in central midfield was he one of the very very best probably not in all fairness he had a great impact on the on the squad and he was a superb player 
and we saw we saw some of his best moments in in you know in this country. Um, but I think in terms of the richness of Palace midfielders, and in particular, sort of in that central defensive mould, would you say that that Michael Hughes comes in that category? Possibly not, Nick. I've got two things from the chat room. Um, one is from Hubbo. He said uh, he thinks that the totally defensive midfielder is a new invention anyway. Midfielders used to be wide or central, not attacking or defensive. Mm. So can you have an all-time all time with something that's new, a new new kind yeah. of modern modern thing? Yeah. I mean, I suppose... Also, yeah, go. No, so I was going to answer, answer that point, really. If you think about... The role that people played. I know what you're saying. You would just call a central midfielder a central midfielder, but they all have characteristics and they all have strengths and weaknesses. So what we're talking about, really, although we're saying central defensive midfielder, we're talking about a midfielder whose the strongest part of his game was breaking up play and making tackles. He doesn't necessarily have to have played central, screening a back four. You don't have to think about it that way. There yeah. But King B as well in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. As much as I really like Hughes, particularly when he was one of my palace heroes as a kid, he would say Bing. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's probably where we're going to go. Um, we're going to get a quick update from Mikey on how you voted very shortly. Uh, we're going to go to Jill first. Jill. Andy Gray. <laughs> Is that your in just, or bin? Andy Gray. Just come, just the come Andy Gray? Yeah, the Andy Gray. <laughs> Absolute legend. Yeah, him, uh, uh, yeah, that for me, that's he's, he's the best midfielder I've seen at Palace, yeah. and that's because he just did everything. He smashed people up in the air. He he decent at passing, and he could hit a free kick in the top corner, get the first goal, and always win me loads of dough. Six two quid at six to one. Mm. Let's try uh, just catching up on the ins or bins. Well, let's let's have your vote, please, Joe. Uh, bin. You're going bin. Uh, Mikey. Bin. Can you? Yeah, thanks. I had to use Mikey because we've lost Alex. Albert. <laughs> uh, oh, I feel bad. Uh, bin. Binny. Yeah, well bin. done. Go on, Bin. Nick. Despite him not being rubbish, I'm afraid he's still got to go in the bin anyway. Okay, interesting. We've um, well, we're trying to collate the uh, chat room. We've given us five bins, and also on Twitter. Twitter's um a bit more. Again, it's probably reflecting. Uh, the fact that, that Hughes was voted in in the first place, in that there's a lot more ins on Twitter than there are bins. And, and he's the only person that follows us on Twitter. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, what else plays there? Very funny. Um, but, I mean, we've had plenty of bins from the guys. I'm going to go with a bin as well, sadly. But So it's only really the listeners who have actually voted for in on this occasion. So there you go. That's, um, that's a bit of a, a turn up for the book. So in this occasion, Michael Hughes does not make the 25 and we'll review this position again uh, in a future week. So thank you to everyone who got in touch on that. Hopefully, you know, the debate will continue to a point. But um, for the time being, he might get nominated again. You never know. But for the time being, Michael Hughes doesn't make it into our all-time 25 in the midfield positions and will be going back out again in the future for other positions starting next week, So, in, which is, uh, just so you know, will be on Monday at 8 p.m. because, in fact, we're playing on a Sunday. But I'll uh, let you know about that again in the future. Um, not too much more to go for you. Uh, you'll be either be very glad or very sad to hear. Um got a few more tweets in let's get some questions going on this um let me ask albert this question where does shimak fit in if punch playing through the center 
Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to sit on the fence and say you've got to look at the opposition as to who we're playing. So there's definitely um, a rotation uh, opportunity for him. Okay. So rotation, you believe. Does that have a bit injuries play a factor in that, do you think? Injuries play a factor in that. I think if we're, you know, I think if we're looking potentially up against the sort of top four, six team and we're away, I think Shamak offers more holding the ball up necessarily, but um, isn't, isn't as much as a goal threat. So I think if, it's, if we're expecting to keep it a bit tighter, I'd probably put Shamak in. And then okay. if maybe, maybe punching out wide. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> Nick, has, you've got something from the chat room there? Yeah, Lions550 just wants to know if Alex has been called down for his tea by his mum. I think that is exactly what's happened, in all honesty. Such a shame. But he'll be back. Oh, no, in fact, it's probably bedtime after tea, isn't it? <laughs> Half time it's, and then bedtime. Yeah, he's got to be got to be up early in the morning for school. It's all that, that is, Murray. <laughs> um, we've had some other tweets in. We've had uh, Martin Murphy get in touch saying all the decisions that went against us, against us in the last two seasons. Media hardly noted them. Uh, we have a few go for us and they go mad. A uh, bit of media persecution complex going on there. Is that fair, Nick? Perhaps. But I wasn't <laughs> actually listening to you, so I don't know You're, what you said. I love, I love it when I pick on someone who isn't listening. It's my favourite thing. Um, don't worry about it. Um, it's just pointing out that uh, the media have made a great deal out of the fact that these decisions, of, of the decisions that have gone against us. But... Um, uh, sorry, against Norwich, but they didn't make so much, so much of a meal against the ones that went against us in the previous two years. So, yeah, does that make any sense to you? Let's move on. Uh, Joe, you've got something to say. Yeah, um, Shamak probably playing the Carling Cup or whatever it's called these days. Well, that's is it? Is he fit now? Is he fit? Not quite yet. No. Okay, because when does the when does this minor cup start? Is it, it's uh, Tuesday, isn't it? it, it next Tuesday. Uh, it does. We're obviously not in that round, are we? Oh, but, uh, you know, we're too too big for that now. <laughs> um, no, sorry, that was that was d- deeply ironic. Please don't take that as a serious comment. I don't really think we're. I can't see. I'm a, you know, I always try not to be offend everyone these days. I don't think he's going to get back in the side. Well, I really hope you, I hope you're wrong on that one, mate. I yeah. I, I have to admit, I it, you know, you look at every you look at the, the lineups and you think he's going to struggle to get in, but. Says the man that doesn't like punching. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess Joe said that. But yeah, I mean, I like punching. Oh, no, I know you do. Yeah. But considering the choice was Schmack or punching. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to see a punch and Schmack in the same pitch. Then I'd have punching. Okay. Um, all right, let's have a quick chat. Uh, next week we're playing Arsenal. Uh, we lost 2-0 to West Ham today. Is there anything in particular you'd like to see different, Nick? Uh, I'd just like to pick up on the fact that West Ham played a 16-year-old and we're all too scared to blood our players in but that's a different chat for another week Um, it's either going to be a uh, an Arsenal bounce back where they hammer us or we'll just rise to the occasion and we are um, we're not punching above our weight anymore are we oh you know we'll win one nil yeah well after seeing after after seeing them play West Ham today I I kind of fancy a win myself what do you reckon Albert Uh, I'm going to say a score draw 2-2 so, Joe, what are you thinking? Uh, one-one, and I just need to say something about it. Do you remember the, when, when West Ham smashed us? That Zerati was on fire. Yeah, he always starts off the season really well. He apparently had a blinder today, scored as well. 
but he goes out like a light. So, um, but now uh, uh, one one. One, Mikey. Can you predict for Alex, please? Glenn Murray's going to score. For Alex, <laughs> as in, oh, I'm not, not responsible. Just yeah, mention Glenn exactly. Murray. Uh, Seven-one Palace. Seven-one Palace. There you go. Seven-one Palace from Mikey slash Alex. There. Um, yeah, I do fancy win myself. I'll, I'll stick with the one-nil prediction uh, that Nick gave. Am I allowed to have the same one? Probably. Yeah, you are. You are in charge. And uh, Hubbo in the chat room. Yeah. Uh, Hubbo says that Arsenal are always lucky at our place. They'll win three two uh two one, sorry, Arsenal win two one. And lots of people are saying, well, two, Shamak is our best player. Yes. Oh, well, I now could buy his there, I'm not so sure, but Shamak is absolute quality. Uh, and that'll be an interesting debate through the course of this season. Okay, just before we go, just a little Chelsea football's back. Um you know, I'm really happy personally that I don't have to try and find other things to do with my time that I pretend I enjoy. Um, but Nick, um, what have you been doing in your time? You went to a festival, didn't you? I went to a festival last weekend, yes. Yeah, what, what was, was that like? It was an uh, excellent camp festival down in Lowell. It was a bit bloody middle class. I've never heard so many kids called Otto in my <laughs> whole life. Otto? Who calls their son Otto? That's obscene. Well, Germans? I've seen that 20 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit middle class, but the, the bands were good. The Slaves, little Kemp band, two-piece, were excellent. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed Dick and Dom. They were on for the kids. And Underworld, I recommend going to see them anytime. But it was just, I had a moment. My, my eldest son turned 13 two days before we went. And um, he disowned me because I sang along to Kaiser Chiefs. He said, this eight-year-old boy who went with me last time, he was asking questions and questions and wouldn't leave my side. This time he just ran away. Because I sang along to the Kaiser Chiefs. You're not my dad. I don't want anybody to <laughs> I'm related to you. Oh. Well, um, Is that a Kaiser I... Chiefs song? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just asked if my eldest son is called Otto. But it's not. Oh, brilliant. No, look, I, I have to admire your son for sticking to his principles there. I have a similar reaction whenever anyone plays or sings anything to do with Nickelback. So let's never have that happen. Um, Albert, what have you been up to? Oh, <laughs> Just oh, you can't. Things. You can't really speak about the things you get up to, can you? I can't talk about work in public, unfortunately. Um, but you know, raising a son—he turns one on Thursday. Um, so I've, I've been doing that mainly, in, in spending quality time with um, my firstborn child. How, how long till you get him to a palace game? Uh, I well, I remember. Um, I think I mentioned it when we were talking about Ian Wright. My first game, I was probably about four and I really wasn't interested so I'm probably going to wait till he's probably about four and a half <laughs> fair enough good show and uh, finally Joe um, what have you done with your non-football summer work work it's always work with you isn't it I saw you t- talking on Twitter about a tiki bar you built alright is that it is that what I get what <laughs> Yeah, I built a, a tiki bar for a friend of mine who's um, very middle class, but he's just a complete pisshead, and he comes home from work every day, gets drunk, and he said he wanted to get drunk in his own tiki bar because it reminded him of a really good holiday he once had. So I built him a tiki bar for about five and a half thousand quid in his back garden, and he gets me back every now and then to add bits to it, like hurricane shutters, like he needed those. And then this weekend, it was this week, I promise you, that's what, that's what was in the photo. Uh, and then, uh, and then this week it was uh, it's his birthday again, so he needed an, a, an oak bar put inside. But yeah, it's um, it's just one of the one of the many talents I have in 
<laughs> in, in, the, in the building game. If you uh, if you want a tiki bar built for you, do get in touch with the show and we'll put you uh, put you onto gel. Reasonable rates, five and a half grand, and it, it look quality work. I have to say, check out Gel's tw- Twitter account. Thank you at Gel the Cat. Was it a bukkake bar? Don't even understand that one. I don't. Was that if it was funny? I don't get it. Yeah, um, we'll have a think about that until next week, Nick. And if if we find it funny during the course of the week, we will let you know. Um, Alex is gone, but he's also doing something on. What do we uh, th- What do we think he was doing with his free time? I know he's been working very hard on Homestale TV. He's done a few little video interviews that you can find. I think they're actually on, on homestyle.net in the video section there, if you go and have a look, which is very interesting. Uh, it's not something we're directly involved in, but you will probably see, as that gets going, you'll probably see some of these faces cropping up um, on Homestyle TV, if asked, and I guess. But uh, Alex has been working hard on that, and I'm not sure what else he's been up to, but it's a very tricky man to tie down. I don't mean literally tie down. I'm going to have to end the show there. Um, thank you to everyone. <laughs> Cheers, Mikey, for producing. Uh, thank you to Alex, to Joe to Albert and to Nick. Thank you to you for listening and getting in touch today. And we'll be back 8pm Monday night. Cheerio. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.